Hey guys, welcome to another podcast episode of Designated Inquirer. Today we're going to be learning how to trade and sell Pokemon cards. Um, I'm going to be talking about all the kind of either low-key gear that you may need, um, the types of cards that are available, what people tend to collect, what is considered valuable in the art of collecting and trading Pokemon cards, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a little warm, so I am going to turn on the fan so you guys are probably going to hear that because it's, it's pretty hot. It's pretty hot, y'all. It's pretty hot, so if y'all can bear with me, if anything, it should be a ASMR type of vibe to it. If y'all are into that. I'm not exactly sure if y'all are into that, but if you guys are, feel free. I don't judge. Anyway. Um, thank you guys for stopping by and, uh, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So for those of you that are watching me live through my stream and stuff, I'm wearing some Squirrel Squad glasses. If you guys know what Squirrel Squad is or Pokemon is, look up Squirrel Squad. The main leader or Ash's Squirtle wears these pointy glasses. I'm going to be wearing these to the community day that's going on today on, uh, 7, 8, 2018. It generally starts at 11 a.m. Uh, for us, a specific standard time. And where I'm going to go is to the Fontana Community Center. They have one of the best community days I've ever seen of anything in my life. Um, they Everybody pitches in. It's like a potluck. People just bring food. It's free for everybody. They bring water. They bring snacks, pizza, sometimes like 12-foot subs, like they bring all sorts of things. And it's completely free and done by the community itself because they they see that a lot of people love to do this and that they want to keep it going and they want to effectively provide a safe and comfortable space uh, to do it in. It's completely family-friendly. There are little kids there. There are grown-ass men like myself that do it. There are grandparents that are doing this with their grandkids. It's a beautiful thing to see. And so that's where I'm going to be at at about 11 o'clock today. I'm probably going to be hitting out around uh, 10, 1030-ish or so to like get cleaned up and then get ready to go. Um, but that's, that's what I'm going to be doing uh, later on. But right now, we're going to be talking about some Pokemon cards. So I'm going to... For those on stream, I'm going to mosey on over here, and I'm going to start talking about and showing you guys what I know about these cards. Um, I also have a Discord, uh, which uh, sometimes I have open, sometimes I don't. I'm not going to be able to see chat while I'm over there explaining, so if y'all could bear with me, y'all could keep this hype and stuff, that'd be great, but y'all don't have to. Um, I'm just happy that you guys are here. Thank you very much for your time. And I hope... Oh, Laser Lace! Yay! Laser Lace is my friend. She's on Mixer. She's an awesome human being and pretty cute lady. Really cute lady. And um, she'll keep you guys entertained for hours. So shout out to her. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to start explaining about how to collect and trade Pokemon cards. I may also step out real quick because I do have to grab some... Um, some satin gloves 
maybe not satin, but some cotton gloves, some white gloves, because it is one of the tools of the trade. So without further ado, I'm going to, I'm just going to go grab that real fast. It's going to be a little awkward, but I'll be right back. You're going to, oh my, <laughs> you're going to hear a door and stuff. So one second. Thank you guys. All right, guys, I am back. Turn this fan around for a little bit. Thank you very much for your patience. All right, so here we have your gear, right? I'm going to first go over um, rarity, rarity types. I'm going to put on these gloves just for good form. When you're dealing with the commons and stuff like that, those kinds of things, you don't have to wear these. But I'm going to wear them today because I want to be and present the most professional face possible when dealing with your collection, because we are dealing with a collection of potentially very valuable cards. So, Insomniac is now following. Oh, cool. Thank you, Insomniac. Thank you for following me on Mixer Suite. All right, dude, I appreciate that. All right, and now you're going to live forever on this podcast as well. Sick. All right, here we go. All right, so right now we're going to talk about not uh, booster boxes. We're not going to talk about yet about um, PSA graded cards. Not yet. Ooh, I got another follow. Oh, the, you hosted me. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, we are going to talk about... We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about rarity. All right. We're gonna talk about rarity right now. Okay. So, just straight up common rarity. Okay. All right. So here we have. Uh, it's a little more difficult to mess with these. Okay. Cool. All right, we're going to mess around with these right here, which are some cards that were taken from a Legendary Treasures set, okay? All right, so here we have a Mancino basic card number... Okay, <laughs> this is going to be not the most common, but generally it's going to have just a single number, uh, one over another. The top number is going to be the set number, and then the bottom number is going to be the total number of cards in that set. Okay. So any, if you guys remember the old school cards, like the super old school cards, which I'll show you guys right here, just for, for nostalgia's sake, like this energy search right here. This energy search basically has the basic info that a lot of these new cards have. Okay. And they're gonna they're gonna basically tell you, they're gonna basically tell you the set number 
the number of cards in the set, which in this case was 59 out of 62 for an Energy Search Trainer card. Uh, this one has a stamp for first edition, which is set it apart from a lot of the new cards today because they do not have first edition stamps. I think that would be very cool to have, but these do not. Okay, we also have the illustrator, generally. So this one is illustrated by Kenji Kenibuchi, all right? Every single card is generally going to have, yeah, its illustrator, and it does. A lot of times, the Pokemon itself will have what's called a flavor text, which has nothing to do about what the card can do itself, but what the card is trying to convey about the Pokemon. So, for example, Seismitoad. Uh, the flavor text here reads, it increases the power of its punches by vibrating the bumps on its fists. It can turn a boulder to rubble with one punch. So that's a description of what Seismitoad can do, which is kind of awesome. For Minchino, we've got Minchino greet each other by grooming one another thoroughly with their tails. That's super cute. I did not know about that, about Minchino. That is super awesome. Item cards don't generally have that flavor text. Um, they just won't. But in this case, we're just talking about like what it is. A lot of times also you will find on the card itself a symbol. That symbol will represent what set the card came from. In this case, for this trainer card, Energy Search, this came from the fossil set. It has a tiny little fossil looking hand on there. That means that it came from the fossil set. So if you have an old, super old card, unless it has zero markings whatsoever, it probably did not come from the original set. There's also, there's also Japanese cards, which they were the first ones ever. Um, and also have in here, I'm gonna show you guys some of this is like of the personal collection which i don't know if i'm ever going to sell but i'm probably going to grade let's see if i can get to a where is where is is it in here there it is aha all right so if you see here, this is a Charizard. All right, this is a Charizard. Oh, no. Dang it. This is from, well, this is from Evolutions. You can see this assemble right here. That's how you can tell. Lol. Let me see if I can find it here. All right, cool. All right. There's, there's one of, this is also not from the original set. Let's see. I think I have one right Nope, that's Quilava. I know I've got one. Oh. Yeah, here. All right. Nope, that's not it. Here. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. This is a good. This is a good way to give it examples of three different iterations or reprints of the same card, but how you can tell which is which and which is effectively more valuable and which is not. I'm also gonna go over what the difference in price is if they happen to be graded, okay? 
Because one thing is what your eyeball can tell, and another thing is what a professional grader can tell, and will be able to assign a given grade. All right, but before I do that, I'm going to finish off basically describing what the rarity is of a card, just on the face of it, and just from a from a standpoint of um, oh, rarity within the set. Okay, so how much they've effectively printed of each card only in the set itself. Okay, so first off, you have basically here at the bottom is either going to be a circle, a diamond, and or a star. Okay, and or a star. It's generally going to be along the bottom, probably next to the set symbol on the new cards. Um, on the old ones, they're just in the corner itself. Okay, but you generally have a circle denoting a common card. Okay, so when people try to sell cards on on eBay, if they're selling a big old stack of cards and they'll say common and uncommon, what they mean is basically they're selling the, the most common cards of the set and or just generally. And that's that holds true because they generally print a lot more common cards than they do uncommons and likewise a lot more uncommons than they do of the rares okay and then from there uh, so we have circle for common diamond for uncommon and we have uh, we have a rare with the star all right the star symbol apart from that we have quite a couple other things to take into account. One is whether or not a card has a holographic, basically whether or not it's shiny on the artwork, whether or not it's shiny everywhere else except the artwork. For example, this tangela here. This tangela here is shiny everywhere except the artwork. That one is called a reverse holo. That is generally common and found in all newer sets past like a certain one. I forget it, which one started effectively the reverse hollow um, uh, tradition is what I'm going to call it now. Um, so yeah, this is your next step up in terms of rarity. Above that is directly a hollow card, okay, which is going to have the artwork itself uh, in holographic, shiny, etc., foil or what other people would call it. And it's generally also, a hollow is also going to be generally a rare card. Okay. Um, so that, that describes effectively uh, uh, rarity. Then above that, we have um, what's called uh, either now in the modern sets, we have what's called a GX or EX. Okay. It's going to have generally artwork along the entire along the entire card, but it's not going to be as special. These are like these may look really cool, but they're not generally as expensive as the ones that I'm about to show you. Um, these are effectively. Is anybody still watching? Wow, I'm actually, you guys are still here. I'm impressed. Thank you guys. I haven't been able to see chat, but let me see here. Hosting on two platforms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually hosting on four platforms. Oh, 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 you're hosting me on two platforms. Oh, dude, thanks. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely spreading the Pokemon love. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so this GX is, um, this GX is only showing basically your artwork, your attacks, and then a GX or EX attack. All right. Um, this card, just with the artwork itself, is generally either like one to about $10, depending on which Pokemon it is, because it's important in like what's in the current meta, what's being used at tournaments, which one is just really cool and collectible, which ones aren't, etc. So that's going to determine a lot about the general value of a GX. Um, and so it can be like a dollar. That may seem cool, but to compared to some other ones, it's not a whole lot at all. A step up from that, um, I'm gonna go over this one. This is like an outlier kind of. A step up from that, we have what's called the full art. The full art is effectively, um, it's a textured version of the other one. So those of you that are watching me on the stream can see what the effective difference between a regular GX and a full art is. If I move it around, you can see the full texture of the card on display. They basically have ridges and lines following like what effectively the artwork is for the Pokemon. Right now I'm showing two Tapu Finis, one that's a regular GX and one that's a full art GX. Okay. Above that, in terms of rarity and value, we have what's effectively called a rainbow rare or secret rare. Okay, these can come up in a couple different ways. Um, a lot of times, uh, they will be, they will have either gold borders. This one is a full gold card. This is different. Okay, I'll talk about this in a second. Um, they will have gold borders, and then they'll effectively be hollows, and they'll have kind of like the uh, full texture stuff. They'll have full texture on the card itself. Those would generally be secret rares. The new modern secret rares, for for most intents and purposes, are ra are called rainbow rares. Okay, these rainbow rares are basically show the colors of the rainbow, and are fully ridged and textured like the full arts. And these are quite a step above in terms of rarity and print in the set itself. That's what makes them more rare. So they intentionally make it, they print a whole lot less of it. Uh, and they put more time into the design and etc. features of the card itself because it's a secret rare. So these generally range, they can still range a lot between effectively five and from the most expensive cards in the modern sets, like of what's live today between five and a hundred dollars. It can vary a lot. It highly is specific about what the Pokemon is, what the attacks are, how collectible it is, etc. That matters a lot. Okay. Then we have, then we have into special cases. All right. We're going to jump into special cases. All right. First special case is uh, during each set, during each set that comes out, you're effectively, uh, the Pokemon company itself 
will throw a small party. This party is called a pre-release party, okay? So before releasing a set, they will throw a tiny party, uh, basically introducing the set to all the players of the game that are interested to play the game. Um, and you can sign up at your local trading card shop, comic book shop. Generally, they will also do it as well. You guys have to call in and see where that's done. You can also find out where it's done in your general area by going to Pokemon.com. You go to their trading card game um, area, and there they will have, you can look up locations for all pre-release parties and different events, including tournaments and other things like that that will be run by the local Pokemon professor. Yeah, people that run these events are literally called professors in this game. That's freaking awesome. You could be like Professor freaking Oak. That is so cool. Maybe one day, once I'm retired, I will make myself a professor of Pokemon cards. That would be freaking awesome. That is like life goal like out there, but <laughs> it's something that I'd like to do. Anyway, so at these pre-release parties, they will give you a box, a small box with a, a range of new cards from the new set. Also included in that box will be one card, one of either four or so that come with the designation of what set it is. It's written on the hollow part itself or somewhere on the card as a stamp that denotes what set it is. In this case, it literally writes out Sun and Moon Ultra Prism. This is a Lucario, and this was effectively in the pack when it was released. Um, and yeah, so these are called stamped set stamped cards, I guess. They also have a promo number on the bottom because it's not only of this of the set itself these are promotional cards so there are like there's the immediate set which is in this case sun and moon ultra prism is one set there's another one called uh well let's go sun and moon there's burning shadows right that's another set um that's out there, but they all fall under a more broader set or kind of like generation of cards that's called Sun and Moon. Okay, so that, yeah, it can get a little confusing, but bear with us because this is Pokemon and it's been around for a while and they keep some stuff that can be confusing. Anyway, so that describes effectively your subset, your general set, uh, and now, uh, yeah, these basically uh, stamped cards or promo cards. These promo cards will have basically the general set, in this case, Sun and Moon depicted in the letters SM, and then the number of the promotional card within that general set, in this case, 95. Um, so look out for that. In Pokemon, if you're any fan of Pokemon, you know that there are evolutions in order to play the game, generally, you have to be able to play the basic card. A basic card, we're going to go, if, all right, I'm going to finish off trading first, what's like important in trading, and then I'll go into describing 
the basic gameplay itself later on if you guys want to skip to that um i may put it in the notes etc show notes uh later on so you could have skippable timestamps. uh but we'll we'll see Whew. all right now we're going to start to get into what is uh, generally collectible and what you guys can start finding out about what's good, what's not, all that jazz. Okay, now we're going to get into Shining cards. These have been kind of rare, have only been in two sets. One, Shining Legends, which is a more recent set. And the other one is a couple, uh, they generally vary between... Um, what this one came from, which is another, uh, sh in Pokemon, there are two versions, generally, uh, there could be three versions of any single Pokemon. There could be a male and female, like Pikachu has just its regular tail and or a heart tail denoting the difference between male and female. And then there will also be a different color scheme. So even though we have a Charizard here, that's your typical orange um blue wing green wing in the very first depiction of charizard uh in the shadowless version <laughs> i think he was green winged um you also have a different color scheme altogether where here i'm showing off the shiny version of a pokemon which in this case is a black charizard with red wings um he's really cool uh yeah so those can be the difference between basically what's a shiny version and are generally highly collectible because they're ultimately more rare it's like seeing an albino version of an animal out in the wild it generally doesn't happen and it makes them look either super cool or super weird depending on what your opinion is of them because of like their color scheme same thing can happen with pokemon themselves so in this case, I'm showing right here a Shining Celebi. This is a shiny version of Celebi itself. Okay, Celebi is, uh, to some would be considered either mythical and or a god Pokemon. Um, let's be real, Mew was the first god Pokemon, and he should probably be the only one. But there are god Pokemon in Pokemon. That in and of itself is another topic altogether. Because I haven't really gotten into all the lore because I've been away from what Pokemon is for a while. And yeah. <laughs> anyway. So we have Shining Pokemon, which are kind of scattered throughout a few sets. But ones that are considered Shining have come from two sets. You can look this up on Bulbapedia. It's its own Pokemon Wikipedia page, okay, if you guys wanted to know a lot more information about a lot of other stuff. There are Shining cards, and then there are other cards that effectively depict Shiny Pokemon in what's called the Gold Star card, okay? This Gold Star will generally be depicted with a tiny little Gold Star next to the name of the Pokemon itself, on the card um, these come from defined sets they they there are no new gold stars that are being made these sets have been since they've stopped making them 
And so there's effectively a finite amount of these, and they're generally really freaking rare. When this set came out, the number of these cards that were printed in this set, kind of like the rainbow rares, okay? So there's different kinds of rainbow rares, right? So there's ones that come effectively um, one in every pack, couple in every pack. Then there are cards that come in one in every 200 packs, okay? Then there are cards that come in one in every thousand plus packs that's hard to find. Like these can be like this Solgaleo gold. I don't, it's a gold card, but it's also considered a secret rare because it came in Ultra Prism. It was the secret rare of like maybe, ah, there's like a set of secret rares, but this one is like a punch above. So if a rainbow rare, a regular secret rare would come out and be like one in every uh, depending on if of one Pokemon you would be able to find a secret rare in every maybe like I say 100 to 200 packs okay you'd be able to find maybe one secret rare of one card this buddy along with a couple other ones, these come in not just a Pokemon. There's two of them. There's Solgaleo, and then there's the Lunala. All right, I'll show you guys one of each. Uh, here. Here's the other one. All right. So there's the Lunala and the Solgaleo GX um, gold secret rares, okay? These guys come in one uh, one of these, not even just one or the other, one of these in every thousand packs of cards, okay? Different packs of cards, okay? So that would mean that you would have to buy boxes and boxes of Pokemon cards to get a shot at getting one of these, okay? This one right now is about $60 raw. This one, the Lunology X is about $60 raw, meaning raw when I say raw, and generally what people, when they mean raw, means not encased in a PSA case, okay? Once they are encased and graded, they are effectively a graded card. That's what you generally depict them as, either done by PSA, Beckett and maybe some other ones, but I don't even know their names because I don't even trust who or what they are, what they do, etc. because I don't know about them. Not to like poop on them, but I just don't know who they are, etc. So I can't speak to their professionalism, etc. or whatnot. Anyway, that out of the way. These so the Lunology X gold secret rare is at about 60 bucks a card raw. The Solgaleo is around high 70s, but on eBay selling for almost 100, 115 each uh, a card, okay? And that's raw. Graded, a PSA 10, okay? So I'm going to show these guys. I'm going to put these down right here. It's going to get a little crowded, okay? It's going to get a little crowded. Generally... A PSA 10, okay, effectively the highest grade that you can get for a card 
in PSA standards, it ranges from one to 10. And that will effectively describe the condition of the card from damaged to what's called gem mint. Okay, so it's so minty fresh, it's so perfect. They needed to add another adjective. Gem mint is what the designation is called. And generally what people call them is gem mint 10. Gem mint 10 is like the highest possible grade and condition of a card that can be like held. Beckett, a 9.5 in Beckett will equal a PSA 10, gem mint 10, okay? Just for reference. This Shining Rayquaza that I'm showing right here um, from the Shining Legends set, number 56 out of 73, um, this one is a PSA 10, okay? So it has been graded by a professional, a trained professional on looking at the card, seeing all of its flaws, if any, and basically said, this one is effectively flawless, right? Be very careful because they are now eBay. There are some people on eBay, some shady people on eBay trying to sell PSA cards that are faked, meaning their label is incorrect. The Pokemon card inside could be fake itself. So be very careful when buying, okay? You can check. You can check the what what the card is. I don't know if it'll say who's graded it, but it'll basically tell you if you go to scan this barcode and or look up this number, it'll on PSA's website, which is psacard.com. If you guys look at this, uh, look at that number and or barcode, etc. It should give you all the information about what the card is, how many how many exist in a particular grade and how many exist generally as a population of graded cards in the world. So for example, there are only, as far as, far as from what I remember, the most up-to-date information that I have and or I'm aware of, this uh, 2006 Japanese Gold Star Charizard from Dragon Frontiers, only two exist in a PSA 7, okay? There may be other ones that are happen to be first editions, etc., that are probably English, etc., that may be first edition English, etc., but as far as this particular card that happens to be not first edition, that happens to be in Japanese, and happens to be in a seven, grade seven, there are only two of these that exist in the world, okay? All right, as far as graded, there may be other raw ones that could be in PSA seven condition, but nobody's graded them, and as far as the world is concerned, it does not exist, okay? Because it could be destroyed, it could be whatever, it could be a flood, this encasing, generally protects against water damage, moisture, uh, generally temperature a little bit, um, probably not fire because it is encased in plastic, but that's up to you to protect from fire. Anyway, so this is, yeah, this is like the cabasas. These are the, these are the Cubans, like PSA 10s of like decently rare cards. 
these are like the gold, the um, the holy grails, the grails is what people that collect generally generally term what what people like to consider is really uh, really they're valuable, uh, worthy of chasing, etc. type of card. Grails is what they call them. Um, of of Ultra Prism, the set for Pokemon, which is one of the recent sets that came out, these gold cards are the Grails. The difference between a raw card, non-graded, near mint, meaning generally considered 7 or above in, under PSA, raw card, and a PSA 10 will be a difference of near of at least 10 times the value. If a value, if a condition of a card can be confirmed as PSA 10, it increases the value effectively. This is like a, a general rule. Like basically to about 10 times the value of the raw card. 10 times, generally. Sometimes more, depending on age, etc. or whatnot. Because if I were to have, if I were to have a raw, this is, this is to pick some, right now I'm showing the people that are watching the stream, the difference between uh, different reprints of a Charizard, okay? Of a old school Charizard. It effectively has the same artwork, but there have been reprints. One being, okay, one being the original set, okay? The original set this that doesn't have a set symbol because this was the OG, okay? Um, the OG Charizard, you have a, a base set two, which was the second printing of Pokemon cards and of the base set. And so this is base set two. It's depicted by that set symbol. Then you have effectively a reprint in a later set in time. This one is from Evolutions by this set symbol right here. And if you can see also, the writing has changed position. Okay, that's very important because you can get tricked pretty easily like in thinking like, oh, that's a really old one. Oh my God, I have to get it. But be careful, be patient and take your time to learn about your cards because it can, it can vary drastically between what's what, okay? Because the value between this one and this one is a lot different. Well, this one can be worth, in generally near mint condition, about maybe like $10. $10. This one, base it to, could be worth about 20 to 40. This one is generally about 40 or so and above. Then you have the first editions. First editions of these will generally increase the price to about double. Then you have, if we're talking like old school cards only, the first base set. Base set, all right, has a very interesting history. Base set has a very interesting history with California in and of itself, okay? So this one is generally called the unlimited printing of Charizard in the base set, the first set, okay? Then there's what's called, 
first edition. Okay, so that means that it was the first printing of this card in general, meaning literally the number of times machines were turned on to literally print this card. The first time machines were turned on, um, generally, when the first time machines are turned on to print a card, is called, they can be called first editions, okay? So put a little stamp on it, meaning this was the first batch of cards that went out and got printed, all right? But California has one particular special designation uh, where there was either a plant here or something here. I'm not exactly sure exactly about the history, but what I do know is that there is a special designation in these base set cards, okay? Because there was a, there could be a first edition stamp, kind of like you saw with the item search card, if I can find it. It's somewhere here. Um, that could be right here with this base set. Uh, that would generally be normally be considered the first printing, but there's even a more uh, basic printing. Okay, so of the regular cards, or of one particular factory, one particular factory was printing them with effectively an error, or which a, dis a visual distinction between a factory. I think it was here in California that would print them without this particular shadow along this border. Those would be considered to be called shadowless base set cards, okay? And it only, this type of defect, printing defect slash mistake, printing error was only existed in the ones that were released in Southern California, okay? And this was generally considered the first printing of the English set, okay? That makes it a step above in terms of rarity and or like value because a first edition shadowless card can generally go between what's considered a super clean card almost 2500 to like like I like almost five thousand dollars okay like 2500 bucks for a super clean first edition shadowless Charizard card can go for twenty five hundred dollars two thousand five hundred dollars it's pretty insane as far as Pokemon cards go and if you happen to find and or see a PSA 10, a PSA 10, okay? PSA 10, a Gem Mint 10, Charizard, first edition, Shadowless card. That is amongst one of the most expensive Pokemon cards on the planet, okay? Amongst, because it's not even the most expensive one. The most expensive one right now is almost considered like a million dollar card, okay? We'll get to that later. A first edition shadowless Charizard card from the base set will run about $25,000. $25,000. That's a down payment on a house. That is buying a whole car cash.
That is almost the entire price of a Tesla Model 3. A single piece of cardboard, a single piece of cardboard. That's why I'm treating these, especially with these white gloves. $25,000 is, is some of the value of these cards. So if this card in particular, okay, this card in particular can be worth about $100, expect prices to be about, if the Sogaleo GX Gold Secret Rare card is worth about $100, expect the PSA 10 to be worth about 1000 it's generally you can see it online on eBay for about 775, 750, 700 dollars. But um, and a PSA nine will dramatically drop the value of. There's a steep decline. It is it is literally like seeing a logarithmic, a g like a uh, geometric increase. Uh, geo. Uh, not a linear, yeah, basically a logarithmic increase in the value of the card. Um, where a 9 is dramatically less valuable than a 10. Because a 9 will probably give you like almost, could be between 60 to 40% of the value of the card. And sometimes with these newer sets, PSA 9s will get you roughly the cost of the raw card. Like will get you roughly the cost of a raw card. It, it, it can be pretty dramatic. You can basically like add like maybe 10 bucks to the cost of a raw card to effectively cover the cost of grading. Because if you grade in bulk, generally, it can be about $10 a piece to grade a card. If you grade in bulk, you have to at least, as far as I know right now, if you happen to get a subscription with PSA, you can gain access to getting bulk pricing, meaning that you can effectively get lower prices to grade any individual card. Where grading an individual card could cost you anywhere between 17 to like 50 bucks, depending on how fast you want it and, uh, and how much time you generally expect to have them have it to grade to basically 10 bucks a card that dramatically reduces the price per card effectively your unit cost for doing business uh, to 10 bucks and i find that to be pretty reasonable um and yeah so uh yeah so that's why a psa 9 of the new ones will generally run basically the cost of the raw card plus 10 bucks and that's if you're lucky um that's only of the new cards. Of the old ones, PSA 9s are generally actually really good. While a PSA 9 of that of that Charizard, the first edition Satterlist, a PSA 10 will go for 25000 A PSA 9 could go for about 10, 10 to 10 to 15, 10 to 15, I'm thinking is I'd have to double check. But so yeah, don't quote me on that one. So yeah, that's 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 that that's 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 what i know about psa grading in terms of like what cards could go up to in terms of like insane amounts of of 
costs. All right, now we're going to talk a little bit about hardware. All right, so you guys saw effectively what a PSA case looks like. It's generally called the clamshell because of how they're closed, etc., secured. Um, these, this is the best way that you can protect your collection. A lot of times people will grade their cards because they hold sentimental value. All right, they don't really care how much it'll be worth, whether or not it, create, it gets a super high grade or not. They want it because it's the card they remember, or it's literally the card that they had. Okay, I have one card kind of like that, in that I probably might not sell ever. Okay, because it holds kind of like that nostalgic feeling. I was hoping, I was hoping to get this in a ten. Okay, but this is how this is how crazy they can get. This, referring to those that are listening on podcast land, this is a year 2000 Pokemon promo, the Mewtwo Black Star number 14. This was this one is in ex excellent condition, mint excellent. Uh, it's basically a PSA six is the best way that I can describe it. And now this would otherwise be a flawless card. Because I went and, and like hunted this thing down and like went to go find where this was, where it came from. And it comes from the original Pokemon movie of the VHSs that come with a yellow, with a yellow movie box. Okay, that's where these come from. These were the, like are birthed. If you can find one of those sealed, they will generally have one of these cards in it. Your gamble is whether or not it comes out unscathed. Generally, I thought this card was like in mint condition. I checked it out. All the corners looked really good. The only way that you can get away with any damage on the corners is on the very corner itself. The back of the card is super important to have really, really crystal clear. Where if I have, i show you guys an example of image okay that's really hard to see but if you see here um there's generally a little bit of damage around the border for english pokemon cards that's a lot more of an issue because it's easier to see there will literally be white chips there will be like white i don't know if you can see it there some of there will be white chips along the border of the back of the card. There can be zero chips along the regular border of the back of the card. Sometimes what will happen is that there will be some damage on the very corners, and that's from literally cutting and moving the card initially from it, the printing press itself. Okay, But in this case, the damage came from how it was stored inside of the v, well, along with the VHS and the little plastic covering. There was a small little dent, an imprint of something in this bottom corner. That's all it takes. A dent or an imprint, kind of like a coin falling on it, a small dent in the card will drop the grade of a card from a 10 to a 6 automatically. No questions asked. So that's what happened to this card. There was effectively a dent in this bottom corner over here that caused this thing to drop from effectively what I would have considered to be either 9 and or 10 to effectively a 6. 
but I don't care because this comes from the very first Pokemon movie that ever came out on VHS. And I remember watching this thing as a kid and that's why I love it. It's freaking awesome. Anyway, so that's this, that's this Mewtwo Black Star promo number 14. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, I have a lot more. Um, generally right now, how you can get cards are from your local shops. I went and picked these up yesterday from a card shop named Card Rush uh, by, by Buena Park. Okay, they're super cool guys. The shop itself is amazing. They have an amazing selection of packs. All right, these legendary treasures go for about $10 a piece. Um, and they're one of the only stores that actually have them um, available to purchase. Uh, you can find them online as well, but unless you physically see something, it's hard to trust on whether or not somebody will have something eBay does a pretty decent job of having, of having like the stuff that they say, but look at their sale history. Look at how many, what their sell rating is. Um, these two cars right now that I'm showing to the stream is called the Rayquaza and Deoxys Legend card. Okay, so these come, I don't know where these come from. It's either from Dragons. I, you know, what? I can't tell you. I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna guess. But these legend cards depicted is like one big depiction, okay? And these are generally, um, these are generally depicting a battle between two highly legendary Pokemon. In this case, between Rayquaza and Deoxys. All right. Um, It'll have the added bonus of having the text effectively scrunched and or broken almost by the Pokemon themselves on the on either or card, sometimes on both. Um, and and yeah, they're pretty special. Uh, these um, I got for twenty five a pop, and I got these for ten dollars a piece, and I got five of them. So I dropped with tax $108 on these cards. Um, I got them because I got these two in particular because I wanted to grade them. I got the legendary treasures packs because I wanted to get a shot at the gold uh, Zephram and Zekrom. Uh, did I say that right? Maybe not. Maybe not. I probably got a Zephram. I'm not exactly sure. I probably got that wrong. But the gold, the equivalent gold cards to these old ones. Um, and they're pretty special because they effectively have the same kind of rarity. They were super hard to find. They were about a thousand dollars, a thousand packs per, like to find one. You needed to open about a thousand packs to find one. So I'm only using five chances to see if I could find one. But it's a long shot, but I wanted to do it. And I felt that 50 bucks was a good way to do that. Um, also, the value of the cards, of the other cards that happen to be in that set, they're generally retaining some value. And so I decided that it'd be worth the shot. Anyway. Um, so 
Uh, yeah, there's a, so you can go to a local card shop and pick up what's called singles, okay? They will have individual cards, a lot of times, of things that are either use, super useful in, like, the metagame today. A lot of modern cards they will generally have. Um, they will also have old, old singles from the old sets. They will generally have some, a lot of times they'll have old uh old packs themselves and uh sometimes they will also have uh, what's called booster boxes okay if you see a booster box and it doesn't have uh like pokemon printing on it unless it's a base set you will generally see pokemon wrapping with pokemon symbol on it okay it's a big old pokeball the Pokemon name printed across. Okay, if it doesn't have that, be careful. It might have been repacked and re, re plastic together. Don't get it. This one in particular, I got from a from a dude. Um, he's uh, his channel on YouTube is called Alpha Investments. He generally runs sales for his patrons uh, that can effectively buy from him at a discounted rate. I ended up getting a case, which means that I got six booster boxes of this particular set. I got a single case of Ultra Prism, okay? Right now, they're running for about $114 a booster box for 36 packs. In each booster box, you will find 36 packs, and in each case, you will find six of the booster boxes, okay? If you wanted to get into basically um, getting a lot to either store away, speculate, and yeah. So as far as like investing in stuff, that's where that comes in. Um, because you can effectively buy and hold cards. You can collect where you're not going to care whether or not the price goes up or down. You're just going to hold. Um, so and or if you just want to play. Like the expect the expected value of a card is going to dramatically affect the value of the card, and whether or not you can get it readily for competition play or not. There, uh, there are two major types of methods to play, or one being called standard, and one being called uh, blah blah blah. Ex is it called extended? I think it's called extended. Um, where basically anything up to black and white is basically legal to play with. Um, uh, yeah. And um, next time, I think I'm probably going to, we're in another video. Um, let's see, what time are we running at? How long have I been doing this? For about an hour. That's perfect. All right. So I'm going to say goodbye as far as the podcast is concerned and uh, I'll leave, I'll be still streaming so you guys can find me here. Uh, uh, the name is Designated Inquire. I'm on Twitch, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Mixer, uh, YouTube, and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, now this podcast is found on Spotify, Stitcher, I think Apple Music.